I could not be more excited to share today's interview with you. As you know, it is my very first time interviewing someone for the podcast, and I will just apologize now because I admit that I am not the world's most experienced or skilled interviewer. But thankfully, even my limited experience as an interviewer is not going to get in the way of you getting so much great information out of this conversation with Elena S. Blair. I first got to know Elena because she taught for us at the Family Narrative in 2019, and Everything that she shared during the retreat was just so jam-packed, full of great, actionable information and true inspiration. Because here's a woman who is a self-taught photographer with no background in business, much like a lot of us, who went against a lot of industry norms and never let the naysayers stop her from following her dreams, and who now runs an extremely profitable and very sustainable business that she loves. So I knew that she was going to be a perfect fit for this podcast. And I want to be sure that you stick around to the end because not only does Elena drop a huge amount of great information, she's also got a great freebie to share with all of you too. And we're going to share that at the end. So without any further ado, let's dive in. Welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. My name is Anami Tonkin, and I help photographers run profitable, sustainable businesses that they love. Each week on the podcast, I cover simple, actionable strategies and systems that photographers at every level of experience can use to earn more money in a more sustainable way. Running a photography business doesn't have to be that hard. You can do it, and I can show you how. Elena, I'm so excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here. I love everything that you guys are doing. Aw, thanks. Well, um, so for my listeners, and I am going to do a little intro before this, but um, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, where you're located, all that good stuff. All right. Well, I'm Elena. <laughs> Elena F. Blair. Um, I'm located in Seattle, Washington, and I run a lifestyle, family, and newborn business with a boutique school photography segment. Um, And then I also have an online education platform where I teach lifestyle photographers all the things about posing and directing, but also about running a profitable business. Excellent. Well, you know that that is very much, you're singing my song there. So I love love to hear it. And I'm super excited to have you on here. This is the first interview that I've done. And um, that is something that I want to definitely incorporate into the podcast But I brought you on here today because um, not only had you been suggested when I asked my audience, you know, who they wanted to hear from, uh, a handful of people mentioned your name, but you had already been top of mind. We met uh, in 2019 when you came to teach for the Family Narrative, uh, and I was really inspired at that point by you and your business model and your very practical approach to running a business. Um, You know, we all know that... uh, photographers, as artists, often as women, um, have a lot of hangups, general, very generally speaking, about um, crossing the art side of their brain with the business side of their brain. And it is, it's a delicate balance to achieve. And I think that you are a real role model in the community. Um, and then we have all kinds of other things in common. We both used to be nurses. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's been kind of fun to watch your story and see how all of that unfolds. But um, 
Yeah. So I have um, a handful of questions, but I really, you know, I really want to hear from you. So the tagline of the podcast is that this is a podcast for photographers who want to run profitable, sustainable businesses that they love. And there, I look at that as three separate pieces. So there's the profitability piece, there's the sustainability piece, and then there's the part where it's like you're running a business that you want to run that is in alignment with your values and the things that, um, that you want out of the whole trouble of running your own business. Um, so I'd love for you to talk a little bit about your journey and, you know, how that has come, how those three pieces have, um, played out and kind of where you started and, and how you've gotten to where you are now. Yeah, that's, that's, this is why you and I get along, right? We have so much in common because those things are so important. And the part at the end, the part, you know, that you love is, is a piece that a lot of people um, really disconnect with after they go into business, because I think, and I, I believe that this is something that I spoke about in the family narrative, that a lot of us you know, start something artistic because of a passion or many of us women. Um, and of course, anytime I say anything about women or men, it's a sweeping generalization, but many of us start because we have children. And so there's this really deep rooted love and passion with the art that we're making, but then we go into business and we kind of lose that part. Um, and it's, I think a lot of that happens because, you know, in the industry, you, you dive in and you start learning all of these different ways to run a business and you start to get super overwhelmed and a lot of times lose touch with why you started in the first place. And we, as you know, when you and I have been in the industry for a decade or more, which is rare, unfortunately, yeah. so many people burn out. And so when I think about when I started to really um, see success and own my power as a businesswoman was when I stopped complicating things. And I really just looked at it from what am I making an hour? What do I actually want to be doing in the business side of photography and started doing it very simply. Got a lot of criticism for that. I'm all inclusive. I um, was called so many things in the beginning. A shoot and burner was what they were calling us in those days. Um, but here I am making, uh, last year I had 180 sessions, um, wow. plus my school stuff on top of that. And I charge 975 a session. So you can, you can do the math and, um, doing just fine. Right. And it's, uh, you know, it's a much more simple way to run the business, but for me, and maybe you thought about this like as well, but when I think about pricing and business, I think about what I'm making an hour. Cause when we were nurses, right, we got paid for every second that we were on that floor. You clock in and you clock out. Yep. And, uh, when I started really, really doing the math in the very beginning of my business, when I was undercharging and doing way, way too much, like, you know, overcomplicating things, I was making like $9 an hour or something stupid like that. So I changed things and um, streamlined things. And that's when I really saw, you know, a lot more profitability, actually. Yeah. And that didn't take me long. It took me two or three years to really get that figured out. And then it took a lot of just owning it. Like, yep, this is how I run my business. And sorry, sorry, guys. It was usually the dudes that would like mansplain me at conferences and be like, you're leaving money on the table. I'm making $4,000 a session. I'm like, yeah, but you're doing like three sessions a year. So yeah, it turns out I'm making a lot more than you are. So it just really, you know, keeping it simple was sort of the, the name of the game for me. Um, and was really a lot more in line with my passion, which is I want to spend time with people. I love that part of this business. Being with the people that I'm photographing, that's the part that I like. I don't like editing. I don't want to be selling them a bunch of products. It's just not how I do it. So yeah. I just really leaned into that and 
here we are 10 years later, 11. This is my 11th year. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, this is my, I'm coming up on my 10th anniversary. So it's that same, or I'm a year behind you, but it's, um, yeah, I feel like that is, it's really math, right? It's just, you've got, you can, you can charge less if you're, if you're shooting more, you can charge more if you are confident that you can book enough sessions to, to fill out what you need to fill out. Um, but there are, you know, it's, I feel like one of the things that really drives me crazy is watching people and we'll, we'll beat up on men a little bit here, but it is often saying, doing the whole, like the mansplaining thing, like this is how you should do it. And I teach a lot about pricing and I have a system that I recommend to people, but it's, um, but it is, and, and that does include product sales, although it's very streamlined and very hands-off. And I only, I only say that I never approach something like, this is how you should do it. It's, this is a way that you can do this that will, you know, that has worked for other people. And I think that all inclusive can work really well and it can flop terribly. And one of the big mistakes that I see people making when they, when they do, um, lower priced, uh, work is that they are trying to give that, um, super boutique experience Absolutely, that takes tons of time and that they're using all of their resources for at those lower prices. So as long as you're keeping the balance, right, it's doable. And I, and yeah, that's I one thing. That. I mean, what you sort of, what you just said, and I always speak to this anytime I teach anything, whether it be business or posing or, you know, artistic development, anything is that this is our, we are only telling you what has worked for us sure. and what, and what, where our heart is in this, in this idea that we are sharing with nothing is set in stone. There is not a right way or a wrong way to do it. All I tell my students, and I think that you say that too, is make, just make sure you're making a profit. Right. And, um, you know, I do, there, there are some people who, uh, love the, you know, more boutique model. They're passionate about packaging and in-person sales and they are doing it in a way that is making them an adequate amount of money an hour or whatever their profit you know, goals are. Right. That's great. And that also you know, goes to that who your ideal client is. My ideal client would never want to come in and do in-person sales where there is a client out there that wants you to literally hold their hand through the whole process. So it's all those pieces of marketing and business that come together. Yeah. But what really you know, I get, I see this at, com- I, I was at a conference and I won't say the conference or the speaker, of course, because I've never do that. But this, this person was on stage telling all of these new photographers that she um, meets every single inquiry in person, buys them coffee, buys everyone all these gifts. And I'm like, ah, please don't tell these new photographers this because yeah. now they think they have to do that and they don't, or maybe they don't have the time or they're just, and it, then they stop. Yep. You know, when you make it too complicated, people give up and it's like, let's start simple first and then grow from there. Absolutely. Kind of no, I think that that it's so smart. And there, I think that you can, um, I just was talking about, and I did like an Instagram post about, have you ever heard of the concept of, um, massive action versus passive action where passive like action it. is like, that's where you're consuming and you're learning. And it's an important part of action. But the problem is that we can get really caught in the passive action portion of things where you're, where you feel like you're doing something because you are filling your time. You're watching a thousand hours of creative live or you're doing whatever. Yeah. 
but there's that failure to launch, right? Because what, what affects change, what actually makes change is massive action. And in this case, I'm just using that because it sort of rhymes, but it's, it is actually taking action that, that does things. And I feel like when you learn from someone at a conference who's giving you all these little like work on your packaging and you got to do these client gift things. There's so much of that, that you can spend a million years trying to get that to be perfect. And the only thing that's going to make you money is shooting sessions and getting paid for it. (laughs) And so, you know, while you're there, you're not running a business. You're just in these, like in the wheel spinning area. And you can, I love that. You just dropped like the knowledge bomb right there. I mean, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. And, and it's funny because I've never heard it described that way, but I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And we've all been there. Like I remember going to this conference that I was just at last week when I was a, you know, wee photographer trying to figure things out and like wanting to buy, you know, feeling all this paper and like, you know, obsessing over albums and like, you know, just all of these things. And I'm thinking, how am I ever going to do this in my little dining room with my newborn that I'm breastfeeding right now? Like it was just like this whole, you know, overwhelm. And when I kind of swept that away, then you slowly introduce those things as you realize what it is that you want to offer or whatever, but it's, it's got to start, you know, somewhere you have to actually go out and do it. Yeah. And I mean, you, maybe you have experienced this as well, but I will sometimes have students who are, killing it on the education side. They know their stuff. They know how to make a, their website looks great. You know, they have really good business mindset and everything's working, but they don't have the skill yet. Like they took, they forgot to practice, you know, because yeah. they were so obsessed with this other stuff. And so you can't skip those steps, you know, on your way to, you can't rush your come up, you know, you kind of have to take all the, the steps. You gotta get there. there so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, and then you see people who are in the complete flip-flop boat where their skill is amazing and they haven't gotten their business mindset right. And they're, you know, they're giving their work away because of their, um, insecurities or their just lack of general knowledge. And, and that's also, I mean, it's such a fine balance. So Mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about, um, is there a time in your business history that you can look at and say, this was a real turning point for me as far as really getting a handle on that? Cause I totally can identify with exactly what you're talking about. Like in the early years, going to a trade show and being like, Oh, I'm going to sell this $8,000. <laughs> I'm getting super right? caught up because it is fun. I mean, yeah. it's fun to do that sort of thing, but it's like, I didn't even know what I was doing at that point. Especially when we started, I mean, at 10 years, a lot has changed. It was still very much where, um, you know, the studio model was definitely more uh, legit, like taken seriously and, you know, selling product. We were looked down upon for selling digital at that time. I mean, unless you were charging like $5,000 or whatever, where now, you know, that's what, that's what people want. Like, this is just where we are. So things have sort of changed, but, um, I guess that it was, it was twofold for me. I always tell this story. I feel like I probably told it when I was speaking at the family narrative, but um, I I was about three years in, I guess. uh, And I knew that there was a discount. Something wasn't working. Like I was, I was losing the passion part of things and I was um, feeling burnt out because I was booking sessions for like pennies. I don't remember what I was charging, but not enough. And I was getting to that. I was still a nurse. I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? Like I could be working as a nurse and be, you know, whatever. And I had a portfolio review and the person who reviewed it, she told me that um, 
my personal work was, you know, dark and moody and raw and intimate and that my commissioned work was super boring and like blending in with everyone else's. And I was, I was really offended, but then I looked at it and she was absolutely right. And at that moment I was like, you know what? I have nothing to lose. I'm going to rebrand and only photograph families in a way that means something to me and see what happens. And that's when everything changed for me. Um, and I always tell that story because I feel like what we forget is that we started this because of this, something inside of us, this passion, this, you know, fire, whatever it is that has you picking up your camera in the first place. And that that's actually your superpower. Like that's your magic right there. That's all you need to be successful is to own your actual artistic voice. But when we go into business, because people are paying us, we sort of lose touch with that. And the people that are really successful, if you look at their work, you'll see that like they're infused in everything that they're doing. They love what they're doing. And you know, the general public can sense authenticity. They know. And then you actually start to feel more confident about your work and more confident about charging your worth, whatever that is for you, when you get in line with that reason you started in the first place. And so that's, for me, it was a couple years in, it was like three years in. And then it happened to me again, like six years ago, I was still photographing newborns, like superposed, which was completely out of alignment in who I am as a mother and who I am as an artist. And I rebranded again, that part of my business. So it's like, you know, you're going to grow and change and that's fine. But it's, I think that with, you know, the journey, as the journey goes, if you can kind of reconnect with that why and that reason you started, it's, it all falls in, in place, which is super woo woo to say that, but it's actually the truth. <laughs> it is true. And I think you just have to be uh, mindful about revisiting that on a regular basis. Cause it's so easy. I mean, and it doesn't, that doesn't end just because you achieve a certain amount of success or whatever. I mean, we end up sort of going down little paths and kind of wandering away from who we are because we get inspired by somebody and you start kind of playing with something of that. And you, yeah, now I'm, it's, it's true. hard to get into words, but it is. I mean, it really, it's something that has to be constantly attended to or, or consistently attended to. There's so much. And what I'm. Yeah. No. Oh yeah, absolutely. And what, I mean, what I find too is that, you know, you and I probably feel pretty solid about our portrait businesses and our approach and all of that, but we're doing, you know, so we're growing as entrepreneurs because that's what you all are, people who are photographers. And we're doing these other things like posting retreats and conferences and doing online education. And so then there's this other realm of, of that where I can find, feel myself like straying from the why I started that in the first place and seeing someone else who's doing something really awesome with their conference or seeing someone who's doing something really awesome with their membership site or online education. And you have to, again, re- you know, rein yourself back in and be like, no, let me stay focused on why I wanted to do this and what my message is. And so it's, it's a constant battle. And I think it's just, you know, that skill of being self-aware and practicing self-care and making sure that you are staying in touch with all of those things is, is really, again, the key to long-term success. Yeah. <clears throat> it's like, it's the creative's conundrum where you're... <laughs> Where I mean, I like bright shiny object syndrome is a real thing, but sure. um, but I mean, and the great thing, and I love this about being an entrepreneur, is that you can get an idea and you can explore that idea, and nobody, you know, nobody's going to tell you no and all that sort of thing. But um, but yeah, you can also find yourself walking in circles if you're 
you know, if you don't stay generally focused on, on some kind of North star. So um, that's super cool. So tell me, um, just because I like to get really practical for people. Um, I know that you, one of the things that I love about your business model, and I like to point this out in every opportunity, at every opportunity, because I think that a lot of people, um, no matter where they are in their photography career, a lot of people do this business all on their own, right? They, they manage all the parts. And I know that you yeah. are an outsourcer and you have at least one employee, just one right now. Okay. I'm in the hiring process though. Oh, but cool. Just one employee. Yeah. Because my, my longtime brand manager has moved on, which is great. We're still good friends, but, but my one employee is for my portrait business actually. So yeah. So yeah. talk to me a little bit about, um, how you grew from doing everything yourself, which I assume you started that way. Most of us do. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> to, and you know, how you decided to, to, to make that leap. Cause I think that's a big one, but it, uh, and it is a leap of faith as well, but it really can change the game for a small business owner. Hang on, guys. I have a quick message for you. Did you know that This Can't Be That Hard isn't the only podcast I host? Each month, my marketing director, Dana, and I team up to bring you a fresh injection of marketing ideas and inspiration on our other podcast called The Consistency Club. The podcast is free and available to any photographer looking to uplevel their marketing game, or you can take it one step further and join the Consistency Club, where you get the extended version of the podcast along with monthly email and social media templates, bonus trainings, and special access to the live marketing events we host twice a year. If you're interested in tuning in, you can search for and subscribe to the Consistency Club wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to join us in the membership, you can visit go.thiscantbethathard.com slash club to sign up. You know, I, I was just at a conference um, speaking on a panel and one of my panel mates said something that I thought was so perfect. He said, you don't know what your limit is until you've gone past your limit. And I think that for me, so I, let's see, I, I had been in business about eight years before I got any help at all. Mm-hmm. And, um, at that point I was, I don't actually even know how I was doing it all. Probably not well. Um, I was at a point where, uh, I was feeling like I wanted to do some other things. I was feeling a little bit burnt out with the portrait stuff. And I was thinking I wanted to do more of the education stuff. And I literally didn't have time to do that. Um, and my, really good friend, um, who I would say is, has been a mentor to me, Sandra Cohn. She's like, dude, you need an assistant. And I'm like, I can't afford an assistant. What would I even have an assistant do? I don't even know how to teach all these things. And so she sort of pushed me to get the help that, um, I needed. And she said, just have her come in for a couple of hours a week. And I remember her name is Gabby. She was with me for three years. It was a beautiful relationship, but I had her come in and I would have her be here for like an hour and I would let her do like one thing, you know, I was like, okay, well, you can blog for me this week or whatever. And I didn't have a clear vision of what I wanted her to do, but she was able to take a couple things off my plate at a very minimal cost to my business. And it did not take long for me to realize that when I had an hour free to do other things that I was able to actually, you know, work not in my business, but on it. And those are very different things. When you're working in your business, you're just basically like a hamster running on a wheel. But when you can like be the visionary and think about how you're going to grow it, things change. So, um, 
I would say to anyone who hasn't done anything, who has never hired is start like that. Start small, just Mm -hmm. give a couple of tasks away at a time. And then just about three years ago, because once I realized it was a wonderful thing to do that, maybe it was more like two and a half. I, um, anyway, I started outsourcing my editing Yeah. and, um, that was a game changer for me. I, I literally, I, and I remember that was one of those things too. There was all this resistance. I was like, can I call myself an artist still if I'm not editing my own work? And am I going to get criticized by people in the industry? Like silly things. I was literally thinking about that stuff. And my, my friend, she recommended my company. She is a wedding photographer. And I'm like, well, yeah, but that's like widely accepted in the wedding industry because you guys take like 2000 pictures. And she's like, just do the free, you know, consults and see how you feel about it. Literally never looked back. And the way that I justified it just so if anyone knows as a family photographer I spend about $50 a session on editing and that year when I did it I said okay well if I because I had got to a point where I, I couldn't take any more sessions because I was spending hours, hours. on each session editing them and so I said you know if I let, let me outsource my editing for two months and it'll let me and then I'll, I'll have the time to take I don't remember what the math was but it was like six more sessions would make it up like you know make up the cost and I was able to take like 20 more yeah. So my, my income went up like significantly at that time. Right. And that, that was it. I will never edit again. No, I know. I Ever. mean, it's funny now I'm really super lazy about editing my person, like photos of my own kids. I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I haven't quite sure. gotten to the point where I've outsourced those edits, like the I birthday have. morning photos, but <laughs> yeah. I totally have. And I mean, the company that I'm with, and I know that a lot of them are this way, I have had the same editor for two and a half, for almost the whole time. I only switched once. Yeah. Um, and it's such an amazing customer service, service experience. And then the other thing that I've learned because I love the company, I don't know if it's okay for me to name yeah, names sure. or not, but I work with the image salon and, um, you know, the, the owners, were wedding photographers that I knew when they were just wedding photographers. And what I love about their company is what they always say is like, look at this, we are giving 200 creatives a job. Yeah. So you're feeding that in our own industry and helping other people. It's just this really cool exchange of energy. Very cool. So, yeah. yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Editor an editor was, I mean, other than accounting, which I don't understand unless you happen to have a background in accounting, there shouldn't be anyone listening to this podcast who's doing <laughs> bookkeeping. I didn't say that. I've been, I have but that. I haven't ever done my own taxes. No. Even when I was making like $3,000 a year, I still let an accountant do it. And yeah. now I have a bookkeeper as well. Yeah, yeah. I guess I didn't say that. I do have a bookkeeper. Yeah. Yeah. But so other than that, um, editing was the first thing for me and it's, uh, yeah, it is, it's a game changer. And the amount of time I, I liken it and I've said this before on the podcast, but I liken it to where you're, um, you're pedaling really fast on a bicycle and you're like, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. And somebody says, you have to stop the bicycle to get in the car. And you're like, no, 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 I can't stop. I'll, (laughs) I'll lose too much ground. But the second that you actually like stop and get off the bike and get in the car, you're like way down the road. And so, yeah, that's such a good way to put it. And I think that the editing part, so many people would be like, Oh, but I'm just so like OCD about my editing or like, I, I, I feel like, you know, that's, and, and there are some photographers who, you know, give 10 images and it is part of their process to like, artistic you know to basically digitally paint their images sure. that's fine if that's part of your business model but for me it's not and I never was like that where it happens for me is in camera I'm all about you know crazy use of light and 
um, and the connection. So it, it was no big deal. It, yeah. it is. And if I like see something that I want her to try, I just say, Hey, like I'm really digging this photographer's um, editing style right now. Can we try this on, on the next session? And she does it. I mean, it's just such a cool partnership. Yeah, that's so. great. Um, yeah. so I'm going to change gears just a little bit and have you tell me, so now you've been in business for all this time. You are an educator, you're speaking, you're doing all these things. Um, in addition to your very busy portrait schedule, but I know personally that no matter how far I have come, there's always room for growth. And I am always looking to new places for inspiration and education and that sort of thing. So what's, what's filling your, uh, your, um, the inflow part of your cup as far as like what, where are you getting your inspiration these days? So I, this year I, I just joined a high level entrepreneur mastermind actually. Oh, awesome. Um, and it, and so that would be exactly the point that you're speaking to. Yep. And I, I love to share that with the people that I'm educating. It's like, I invest in myself as well. And it was 100%. really expensive and really scary to do it, but I wanted to kind of be the dumbest person in the room for a while, like to yep. learn from people who are running the online education portion of their business that they're not photographers though. I wanted to go kind of out of that yep. to get those strat those high level strategies. So that's what I'm doing right now. It's literally like making my head hurt because I'm learning so much and so many things and it's incredible. Yeah, I am an I am a an education junkie myself and I'm constantly looking for those sources because I feel like it's um it's one of those, if you're not growing, you're dying kind of things. And I feel like dead, a lot of, yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of people, um, photographers and other entrepreneurs, but I, you know, ours is such a, uh, rapidly moving industry and there is this, you, you really need to, to keep moving and to keep yourself inspired, whether it's specific to photography or something else, or I feel like you just very quickly kind of plateau and fall off. Um, Absolutely. Um, and you hear a lot of people, um, you know, particularly in our industry, they, they complain about the algorithms because when we started 10 years ago, there were not algorithms and no. you posted something on Facebook and everybody that was following you saw it, which we were lucky. That was amazing. But I mean, just my advice to that is exactly what you're saying. Like, well, stop complaining and go learn how to you know, market yourself in modern times. You do have yeah. to actually stay on top of that. You can't just expect everything to stay the same. It's never going to, never going to have to stay the same. No. Nope. So yeah. yeah. And uh, those of us that are still here 10 years later are investing in ourselves and making sure going to conferences. We are doing online. I, I do online um, webinars all the time. I was yep. doing one while I was working out yesterday, this free yep. one that I wanted to learn a little bit more about email marketing. And I got into this one. And I was like, I'm going to watch this. And this is the only time I have to do it. Like, there's yeah. no excuse that you don't have time. It's a no. bullshit excuse. It, I completely agree. I'm, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pitiful. Like I'm running down the street, <laughs> podcasts in my ears, like business podcasts in my ears. Nobody runs to that, but I do. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So speaking of online education, let's talk a little bit about the other amazing thing that you do, which is your school portrait uh, work. And so one of the things that I really love about this is that this speaks so directly to the sustainability piece of mm -hmm. um, 
of running a business. And I feel like this is one of those genius ideas and concepts. And, you know, it's not obviously for everybody, but for the people that it is for, this is just an opportunity to be as like you, it's money every year. It's predictable. You can do it on a Tuesday. Like it is, it's not, you're not stuck trying to schedule around somebody's work, you know, responsibilities and things like that. So tell me, tell me all about that. Okay. Yeah. So it's, you'll hear it on the internet called fine arts. I call it fine art school portraits. I think that a lot of people call it boutique school photography, um, modern school photography. And I launched it in 2013 and it was um, exactly the point that you're speaking to about uh, sustainability. I was getting to this like really frustrating part of the year in, you know, January through May, I would say for family photographers, especially in Seattle where I was like hearing crickets. I was doing my newborn stuff still, but not enough. And I really felt like I needed to bridge that gap. Um, I had always been a significant uh, contributor to our household income. So that was, if I was going to quit being a nurse, which I was still a nurse at that time, I really was wanting to let that go. I needed to figure out a way to make money all year. Yep. And so um, what it is, do you want me to explain what it is? That's yeah, sure. Or yeah. So the way that I do it and the way that I teach it is that you can go into any school. Um, I have photographed schools with 60 kids and schools with a thousand kids, and you can do it with no lighting equipment. I mean, you can do it without any fancy uh, software and um, it's super simple and it is a little bit more like tedious as far as like workload goes, but it's so profitable. And so the first school that I did, there were only 60 kids. And this is in 2013 when my income was much lower than it is now. And I made $3,000 with those 60 kids. And I remember I was like, oh my God, I'm onto something. But also at that time of those 60 kids, a significant amount booked family sessions as well. So not only was it profitable and bridging that gap, it was marketing. It was literally putting me front and center with my target audience, which is people with young children. Um, And uh, the approach is super fun. It's you're, you're giving this product that I, people just can't believe is a school portrait because it's an actual photo of a kid. It's not like this weird, awkward version. And so it was, it became wildly successful. Um, It now, you know, we, we do, Let's see, I guess last year I did, uh, this year I'm only going to do three schools, but I do like two to five, depending on the, five is my max, um, depending on the year. And it has become a significant source of income. And then of course now I teach people how to do it. And we have people in my group, um, alumni, that are bringing in like $50,000 a year on their school portrait business, only doing school portraits. Some people like felt like they were about to, you know, quit because they weren't making enough money and then start doing this and it turns their business around. So it's just like a really cool addition to a family portrait business, I think. I love it. I love that it's, yeah, any season of the year. I love the fact that it is um, so sort of, you know, once you, once you know what your system is and you have that system in place, it's sustain, it's uh, predictable. Um, and yeah, I think I also love the fact that you're helping up level <laughs> the the portraits that we get of our kids because my kids' school is still very much life touch and and yep, so same. I have a collection of very silly, very awkwardly posed photos of my kids, which are novel because same. <laughs> I mean, my son is like one of the most photogenic 
people I photograph. And, um, anyway, yeah, he comes home with these pictures and I'm like, how did they even make you do that with your face? Like, it's like this weird, horrible picture. And I think that that's why they're so successful. I mean, these families see these pictures of their kids and what a lot of them will tell, we have to remember that while we're professional photographers and we know that it is something to invest in professional photography, probably 90% of the population will never have professional photos taken. And so they see this photo of their child and they're like, oh my God. And we have families that spend like $500 on school photos. Yeah. Because it's maybe the only time they're ever going to get a professional portrait of their kid. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because what we are 90% of the time, what we do is we're selling something that they haven't yet seen, right? When somebody books us, they've seen our photos of other people's kids, but they haven't seen their kid. There is so much power in, you know, there's that, like, you have to show it to sell it. To, to actually show someone a beautiful portrait of their kids, you are creating demand that may not have ever been there for that person had you not shown mm-hmm. it. To them. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's such a good point. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's just, I think what it does, what I see, it, what it did for me, that was, it pushed me into the six figure range, mm-hmm. which for what, what that made me feel legitimate, you know, it was like such a sure. big goal for me. It allowed me to leave my nursing career behind because I had this, you know, trusted uh, income source during the slow season. Um, but what I see it doing for my students is that it, it gives them the confidence, you yeah. know, when they, when they sometimes, you know, making $3,000 in one shot, that had never happened to me before. Sure. So it was like, Whoa, now, I mean, our biggest schools, we haven't done, we don't do the big school anymore. We made like $15,000 on that big school. Yeah. And um, I see that happening in my group. And if you're not an educator, if you're just running a, not just, there's never any just, but when, if you're only running a portrait business, you don't see those big, you know, influxes of income like that. So it, to get that much money in one, you know, one shot is, is huge. It's a big deal. And it's, it's a part of, it's it helps you be sustainable. Yeah. I love that. For sure. That's awesome. Well, we will talk in just a couple of minutes about, I know you've got um, a little goodie that you're going to give to my listeners, which I'm excited about. I know they're going to be excited about too. Um, But before we wrap up and before I let you go, I, um, I want to talk about the family narrative TFN together that you are being a part of. So it's, you know, this year, um, because we invented this this year, this is a new concept, we, um, we had not uh, contracted with our teachers for 2020 to be part of this, which was a bummer because not all of them were able to participate. Um, many of them are. But then the nice, the golden, the silver lining, I should say, is the fact that we got to bring back some of our favorite and most beloved teachers to fill in those gaps. And I'm super excited that you're going to be part of that group. Um, yeah, it's such an honor that you guys asked me to. One of our months. Yeah. So um, for any of my listeners who have not yet heard me prattle on about TFN Together, um, we're doing a membership group that is a little bit different from normal membership stuff um, because we're not necessarily introducing tons of content every month. What we're doing is a different teacher takes on, uh, is assigned to each month, and each teacher proposes a goal or sets a goal and then creates a roadmap that will walk all of the members through the steps of uh, achieving that goal. And they are supposed to be achievable within a couple hours, like no more than one to two hours per week that um, over the course of that month. 
And so the idea, unlike um, sort of making huge strides or, or going about improve, improvements to your business in big, um, in big uh, fits and starts is that you're doing a little bit every day and you're making, you know, step-by-step um, to, to achieve big results, but with a more habitual sort of a thing. Um, and so we're not telling what we're necessarily, what goals are going to be, but, um, but you guys have listened to Elena talk today. And so you have a sense of some of the things that she preaches and teaches. And so you can imagine that that will be a big part of her month. And, um, Elena, you've got a membership as part of your educational stuff, right? I do. Yeah. And I think what we were talking before we went live and I I think that your um, approach to it is super cool and it is going to keep people accountable to actually using the membership. So, so much value in what you're providing. But yeah, so my membership is more that it gives um, an affordable affordable access to every single course that I have. Yeah. So it's like for that monthly cost, they can access all of the courses. There is of course, you know, stuff that we try to add every month, but um, it's less of that like monthly stimulation, like what you're doing. So yeah. Very different. Yeah. I love, I'm, I belong to a couple of memberships and I feel like they're such, they're all done so differently and it's such a, it's such a cool kind of field new ish um, way of, of learning. Uh, well, yeah. that's cool. Well, I will be linking obviously to all of your stuff, but why don't you tell me a little bit about what you've got in store for um, the listeners here? Yeah. So since we were talking about the school photography thing for a lot of people that might, this might be the first time that you've heard of it. Um, and what a lot of, you know, major mental roadblock for photographers is they think, well, isn't everybody using the big box companies? Is this possible? And I always want to say like, Hey, if I could do it by myself in my dining room, I do have help now, but uh, you can do it too. And so this, the, I have a free download that is just kind of a quick start guide. It sort of gives you like the first couple steps to take, to, to get going and also helps you evaluate if this is something that's actually going to serve your business. Cause I don't think that um, it's for everybody, but I definitely feel like it's for most, especially family photographers. I mean, it is very hard to survive the slow winter months if you don't have a plan. So hundred percent. And I think, you know, one of the things that my listeners know about me is that I am all about like getting you from A to B like, okay, great. So you now have this idea and here's the goal, but like, how do you get from one point to the next? And I feel like you've got that same sort of, you know, this is just, it's a series of actions that you have to take. And I, and um, your course is, all about that. So great. Well, I will yeah. be linking that in the show notes. So thank you for that. And, um, and yeah, and I'll also put a link to the TFN together stuff in the show notes. And, um, yeah, I'm so excited. This is so fun to have gotten you on here and for you to be my very first interviewee. <laughs> well, I can't believe I was the first. Thank you very much. Oh, no, no. It is, uh, I love the family narrative. I was like, just came home with so much uh, love for you guys. And I feel like I'm always, you know, singing your praises and doing what I can to help because it's oh. such a cool, it's such a unique conference. It really is amazing. Thanks. Thanks. We love it too. <laughs> and I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah, excited. It's, it is, uh, it's been a fun new creative venture. Well, it's not so new anymore, but, um, yeah. every year feels like a little bit of a new thing. So 
Anyway, well, that is fantastic. Thank you again so much for your time. I hope, um, I hope we get to see you back on the show again sometime soon. I would love that. All right. I will talk to you later. Okay. That's it for this week's episode of This Can't Be That Hard. I'll be back same time, same place next week. In the meantime, you can find more information about this episode, along with all the relevant links, notes, and downloads at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash podcast. If you like the podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Even better, share the love by telling a photographer friend or leaving me a review on iTunes. As always, thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week.